Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Simon Tierney joins us for stuff that uh, changed the world. Say something about the cradle. The cradle, Tom. Yep. The I hand say, that rocks I, the cradle. I've, I've teased this already and the idea of the cage that you could hang outside the apartment with the child in it seems to have got a lot of people's attention. Yeah, I think that's that's a a good one to start with. The This is the so-called baby cage. Yeah. Um, I was astonished when I came across this, but... Um, this is something that in the early 20th century, there were a number of children's writers, uh, parenting authors who felt that airing children was really, really important. And this is something that persisted throughout the 20th century. My grandmother was a big believer in just putting children outside because they needed to take the air. And that was the best way to solve any problem. Um, yeah, probably mostly I, because you couldn't hear them. Yeah, screaming. your grandmother it would involve find a lot of support for that. I think most of us growing up, it was just open the door in the morning and, and go out, really, and don't come back. But if you lived in a flat in a at the top of a, a tower block, it's a little bit trickier. And if you don't have a balcony, a little bit trickier again. So the solution was to put a cage, which you could buy in a shop or you could get a custom built for your own apartment. And this is a cage that went into the the window, much like an air conditioning unit, and then you put uh, your little baby on it and uh, hope for the best, as they say. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this was the way to air your children. People actually did this. They we, did we, there this. are photographs of apartment buildings with cages outside them and babies. In Not them. only do we have photographs of it, we also have the testimony of one of the most famous first ladies of the United States in history who utilised one of these, Eleanor Roosevelt. She, uh, uh, who was married to FDR yeah. during World War Two, um, she said in her memoir, I have it here, she said that, um, yeah, that her neighbour criticised her for doing it, said, Eleanor, I think that might be a bit dangerous. This is obviously before she became First Lady of the United States. And she says in her memoir, this was a shock to me, for I thought I was being a most modern mother. Yeah, as you would. As you, know, you would. I feel for her there. Um, it's just the cage thing. I, I would have thought that would make a few people stop. Because wasn't that a kind of a... A kind of medieval torture as well. There wouldn't have been babies. There would have been adults in the cages just just left there for for time. Time in memoriam. Yeah, I know. But I suppose when you live in an apartment without a balcony, without a garden, anything like that, you'll do anything for your child to have a bit of fresh air. Um, So obviously you hope that it was very, very secure. But of course, the photographs are astonishingly terrifying. And was it suddenly banned overnight? There wasn't just a sudden government announcement, no more babies in cages or something like that? No, I don't know if there was was an outright ban, but judging from the Eleanor Roosevelt story, it seems like perhaps it just became socially unacceptable to put your baby in a cage. Understandable. Um, I know that you're putting this around the fact that this is this year's the 30th anniversary of The Hand That Rocks the Cradle one of the great yeah one of the greats yeah Yeah, Rebecca Duvarney this is one of the better early 90s domestic thrillers I think Um, people who remember the movie will be well aware that it features a nightmarish nanny who takes over the running of the baby's cradle Um, the title of the movie has always left me wondering where it comes from because it's such a famous expression and what I realised after a little bit of research is that it comes from 
It's a, an abbreviated form of a longer quotation from a speech a reverend by the name of George Bethune in Philadelphia in 1836. And he said in a famous speech, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, which is a fantastic uh, quotation. I suppose what he's trying to say, Tom, is that those who are in charge of bringing up children, you are the ones who will yeah. shape the leaders of tomorrow. It's a great quote and it really is. It really is, um, yeah. And, and then as, as you dug into cradles, you found some fantastic cradles. A, a Roman carbonised cradle. Yeah, this was per- perhaps one of the most poignant examples of an ancient cradle that I came across, Tom. Particularly sad, I have to say, Herculaneum, the lesser known cousin of Pompeii, um, 79 AD, of course, Mount Vesuvius erupted and the city was preserved for posterity. But one of the only, I think it is the only example of an ancient um, cot or cradle from ancient Rome is perfectly preserved in Herculaneum to this day. It's a rocking cradle. It's completely carbonized by what happened there in 79 AD. And what they found in the cradle is particularly disturbing. They found a tiny skeleton. Ah, God. And that little baby would have been sleeping in this cradle in the early morning hours of 79 AD when, without even a moment to take a breath, it and its entire surroundings were 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 killed. And um, what we do know from the archaeology of this cradle is that the little baby was sleeping on a mattress stuffed with leaves and um, that he or she had a little woolen blanket. Um, what's amazing, and I, I think I shared a photograph of this with you earlier, Tom, is that what really struck me about this Herculaneum cradle is the design of it is so modern. If you saw that today um, in plastic or painted white, you'd think yeah. it was a one um, a modern cradle. It's a, it's exceptional how little the design of this piece of furniture has changed over the years. No, it's it, you could take it home. You you could put a baby into that and start rocking them straight away. It's amazing, mm. um, and the love that little baby was being held in the bed of leaves. And God, it's it's as you say, very very poignant. Um, I mentioned also cradles in trees. This mm. was an actual thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I was thinking about the the lullaby for this. So it's hush baby on the treetop when the wind blows, the cradle will rock, etc., etc. That is based on what was actually happening, that people in a- ancient Britons, in fact, would have put their cradles in the branches of a tree because then you have the natural wind power of the tree, which creates a rocking motion. Again, uh, very handy if you're trying to expel the children away from you where you don't have to listen to them. Just put them up in a tree. Presumably they were tied on in some way, yeah. one would hope. I-, I imagine, too, when you see a wind coming, you- you'd kind of get the baby down. You wouldn't just be taking a risk <laughs> on the tree tree going and taking the baby with you. Um, well, another one of the most famous cots you found was Henry V's. Yeah. Now, this is known as Henry V's cot, but we know from uh, modern interpretations of um, the archaeology of it that it comes from a century after his birth. But it is in the Royal Trust collection, so it technically belongs to the Queen to this day. Interestingly, this is a different version of the rocking cradle. So the 
Ancient One from Herculaneum rocks on its own base. Yeah. It has the, you know, the curved feet. But this one is one where there's iron loops. So it's going off the axis of two fixed points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always two different... They're the two main types of cradles. So the Henry V, the so-called Henry V cradle, is of that latter kind. Right. They would have someone to, to rock the cradle for them, as, of course, royalty would. Um, the kind of cots as we know them with the stand-up sides and, and the slide down. I can remember my cot. Can you remember your cot? Can I can't, remember? no. I can't remember for whatever reason. Maybe they kept me there till I was 12 or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. um, but I do remember it. Um, do you remember it looking like cots today? Yes, very much so. Well, starting with the, with the, uh, the collapsible side, which would mechanically lock. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's interesting because I remember when I went cot shopping um, about two years ago. Uh, what I realised was that I could kill two burn- birds with one stone because I discovered upon research that if you're very clever, you don't buy a cot, you buy a cot bed. Yes. Brilliant invention. So this cot will transform into a bed when our child is old enough and isn't liable to fall out of it anymore. And then you've got a little bed and you don't need to buy another one. Yeah, you're bringing me back now. We did did get one of them. I should have (laughs) kept it and I could have sold it to you. Um, But when did those cots, those kind of patented cots, when did they arrive? So it was really not until the 1970s, um, Tom, that you start getting regulations about the design of cots because it's really important how a design how a cot is designed. Um, you need to make sure that the sides are high enough so that the baby doesn't isn't able to climb out of it. Um, you also need to make sure that the slats are, you know, that the spacing is correct so that they can't get their feet stuck or that they can't even slip out through the, the slats themselves. So there's a huge amount, of, for such a simple piece of furniture, there's an enormous amount of thought put into making a cot as safe as possible and of course it's important that you buy one that has all those regulations or that meets yeah. the criteria for those regulations. And that's that's all relatively recent isn't it? I see another mention for George the Fourth. Yeah now George the Fourth is an interesting one because we know from a contemporary account of the first days of his life that when he was 12 days old he took an audience with his first guests and he was in a gold I was going to say a gold coffin, a gold cradle and quote unquote, this is a contemporary account, he was enveloped in crimson velvet and gold lace in a nest of white satin. On either side stood a fair mute employed as occasion required to rock the infant to sleep. So what what this tells us is that there was a nurse employed simply to keep an eye on the cradle and every now and then give it a little push to keep it rocking. That's the dream for the rest of us. You know that. Indeed. To have the mute with us for that. <laughs> yeah. um, Simon, fascinating as always. Thank you very Pleasure, much Tom. for joining us. Uh, listening to Moncrief Show here on News Talk. After the news, James Dempsey will be here with TV on the radio. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.